1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. CTmobile.com.
3: The second hour of Late Night with KJ brought to you by the cleanup and restoration specialist at ServPro. Call one 800 servepro
2: This is W E E I Late Night with KJ Carson on W E E I. Johnny, as you
1: know, you know, I don't uh, ever want to make public any of the any of the blow by blow. But uh, what I can say is this: that process is going to start right away uh, from our end. And obviously, you know, we know we haven't we haven't found that path yet. Um, We still want to. Uh, We're going to work really hard at it.
3: Thank you for hanging out with KJ. WEEI Late Night 617-779-7937. Thank you. For being part of WEEI, you can always listen on the Odyssey app for free. Just type in WEEI and you're right here. It's Hein Bloom, the exit interview saying, Look, I, I, you know, here's the thing with Hein Bloom. If the last year hasn't gotten across to him, then it never will, right? Because there's nothing to discuss about Alex Cora at all, at all. It's the Heim Bloom show. Every it's like the police song. Every move you make, every step you take, we'll be watching you. We're watching. And if there's anything that tells me that Xander will stay, is that he wasn't traded at the trade deadline, where you can say, okay, pieces are starting to come back. But if the team still finished the way they did, let's say you're you're watching Xander in the playoffs, hanging out, let's say, with you know, Kyle Schwarber, you know, the Phillies, and he's just running around and just having a good old time. Yeah, the the, the fan base will let you hear it. So, good on Heim to at least let the Xander Bogart's story continue to play on. You know, to try and make the effort, possibly the the market's a little bit lower. Carlos Correa didn't have the knockout season that he thought he was going to have. Minnesota tended to be quite a disappointment considering Chicago um, was supposed to be the odds-on winner of the the AL Central and god-awful boring Cleveland did it again. Well, they did it. So, there's hope that Xander stays. I, I think the real question is, well, there's two questions regarding Raphael Devers. One, how much does he want and what is his valuation on himself? Right? Um thankfully there's no Carlos Rondon out there knocking balls all over. Um Soto's already gotten his money, so he can knock balls all over the place and everything. But you know, I, I think it comes down to look. 30 is going to be the starting number. The whole 25, 27 is not going to work. And is there somebody out there that's willing to give Rafael Devers $400 million 10 years or maybe even 12 years? Putting him at, what, 37, 38 at the end of that contract?
1: Uh,
3: now you don't have to worry about whether it's National League or American League. See, that, that was the advantageous point that you had with doing some of these contracts before. Like if you look at Giancarlo Stanton, when he signed that deal with Miami – when Miami signed that deal at that time, they were like, there's no way he's staying here because there's no way we see him being 40 years old, still being able to play the outfield at $29 million. But now where the DH is everywhere and $29 million is his number at the end of his contract, while wow, that might be high, but if he could still hit balls far and doesn't have to hurt you in the field, it could be a bit of a deal for somebody, especially someone who's looking for a bat towards the end of his deal. So, That's how you'd have to look at the Devers situation. Like, okay, if you sign him to this long-term deal and the skills start to diminish towards the end of that deal, but maybe there's a championship or two that have been inside of that deal, are you happy with the amount of money that he wanted and you gave him, or does there feel like buyer's remorse at year six or seven? And I think that's the hang-up, and I understand it from management's point because If there's a hang up at year six or seven, it's a 12-year deal, then that dog isn't even half hit, dog isn't even halfway into the woods. And how do you move that contract on? And what do you get in return for a diminishing valued return? So I know the fan base wants to see these guys come back. I don't think it's this the lack of spending or the lack of because again, JBJ's number comes off the books, David Price's number comes off the books. I don't know how you'll move sale. You just have to rock with it for another year, and then just you know pray for rain and and that comes off the books in a year.
4: Pray for him to opt out.
3: Yeah, well, he's not going you, to. But well, pray, pray for he, it. yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but if like, who takes him unless he goes to Miami or something like that, or if he opts out and he's willing to take less money just to prove that he can still play and he believes that he can get another
4: good three to five year deal I would hope he does that because he's due 25 million so <laughs> Everybody month out that. and just try like maybe just be like you know try to be a good teammate I guess you pride yourself on being a good teammate maybe maybe take one for the team I don't know right
3: right that's that's like allegedly I'm not saying this ever happened in my life but back in the day or it could be yesterday for some people you know like hey you're getting all this these hours at the trottery <laughs> hey you know um what if I just put you down as a dishwasher instead <laughs> You get your more money that way than you know. If I have you, you know, sitting on the top of the table, if you know what I mean, that's what people are looking for. Like, hey, Chris, if you're willing to take, you know, the cash in hand as a as a, as a dish bu- uh, a bus boy, tips. <laughs> no, he doesn't work here. Yeah, a little discount. Yeah, possibly, but you know, I I just don't see him. You know, I feel like him opting out of that deal is like was Gordon Hayward going to opt out of his deal? Yeah, there's no way he upsets. Yeah. no way. <laughs> like, you, one can hope, though. You can hope, and you know, you would hope that a Michael Jordan friend of yours would fly in and come and save the day. You know, hey, Oakland, you want Chris Sale? <laughs> you know, you guys possibly for sale. It'd be a great marketing ploy. For you, give him the number four, and you go out there, Chris Sale, number four for sale. Oakland's for sale. Come on, Nashville, Vegas, baby, make it hit. This show, this show is so left field. It really is. It really is. But look, I don't believe that the Fenway Group has any interest in selling the team. I, I just don't believe that. I know that's kind of the circle thought, but it isn't so much about what you see on the field as look around the field. You'd be like, I don't care about you know, that beautiful performance hall. Thank you very much. The renovation going up there, right there at Ipswich Street and all those things being built up. That's called commerce. So you're not going to get rid of the centerpiece if you know you're going to be collecting on all the other pieces that are surrounding. So I the, I think just the Red Sox are too valuable. Now you may see different faces over time. <laughs> I am LeBron James, and I am now the master of your team. Ah! could happen, but I don't think the team's going to be sold. Because here's the funny thing about fans when it comes to selling a team. They almost imagine like, hey, whoever they sell the team to, that person they sell the team to is going to do what I say. (laughs) Like it's your billions. Come on. Be realistic. It's a business. And as I've said, I said this months ago, a lot of baseball teams are starting to look at, hey, because baseball while it may be a declining sport, it doesn't mean that other things around it have to be declining as well. So you might have a music hall and shops and eateries and villages around the ballpark where, hey, whether a person comes in the first inning, fourth inning, or seventh inning, they might be doing other things that are creating commerce around the stadium or the field or the park that at the end of the day is what continues to put money in coffers, pockets to make it valuable everything would be value because think about it who if someone buys the team we are you going to say okay now we need you to build a new stadium when they just spent all this money buying the team so no i don't think the team is being i don't think the team is going to be on the market on the chopping block or for sale or anything like that because it is just too valuable right like you cannot tell me that yankee stadium is in a better location than fenway park i went to a game and the true story justin i went to a yankees game I'm not going to tell my age, but let's just say Lou Pinella and Reggie Jackson were on the team. I was a kid. And as during the game, there was a report that someone had been shot right behind left field. Not in the park, like right behind left field. As I'm leaving the park, there are like several car fires. Like it looked like escape from New York. It was like the biggest fear of my life. Uh, Yankee Stadium is still in the same spot. Now, with gentrification and some other things, it's a little cuter, but still the zip code remains the same. Fenway has always been lovable. Fenway on the Fenway. And as long as you continue building shops, you got that music hall that's down there. And I think I just missed Steve Lacey by a day or two. Dang. But look, this is the new baseball. And if you think it's all about who's on the field, that's slightly changing. This isn't like the Dodgers where, okay, they've got to compete with the Lakers, who are everything, and the Dodgers who have a greater history probably than the Lakers, right? Here, Red Sox won. Won. then Celtics probably Bruins the Patriots, right, in terms of the overall pantheon of everything. So even though the Red Sox lost all those years, all those years, you know, they were around before the Celtics even dribbled a basketball. I mean, my gosh, how many different teams have origins here in Boston? Uh, The Braves here, then the Boston, I think the Browns, which would later become the Cleveland team. Uh, No, St. Louis. No, I forgot who it was. No, Saint. That was Saint Louis Browns. They went from there to there, there, and then I think they became. I can't remember. I wasn't old enough then. But look, baseball matters here, and as long as it's financially uh, connected to the community around it and can make money for the community and for its owners, I can't
4: see why they would give it up. A text from the four one three says they also are crafted with Patriots' place and are trying to copy it.
3: That's right. Right? Why
4: Bef- before?
3: but other than when shave but when they put the stadium what well, why else would you go to foxborough because you might be like okay maybe I'll take a flight at a green airport because logan is just getting on my nerves at these routes and that's the only thing like what else do you go to foxborough for that's it but now it's everything look what's built around it. you got a little shop right over there to the side i mean you could be there the day before people fly in to come see the games that used to be here get a hotel in the area Fly in the green, right? You know, like all these different things all set around the entire atmosphere of the ballpark, the stadium, and the town. Because really, like, what else goes on in Foxborough? At one point, you're probably thinking like, okay, Foxborough is like a place where you're like in the northwest corner, you just keep an eye on Walpole. They got a prison break. Uh-oh, Foxborough be ready. I mean, that's sounds like vacant it was. So if you've got land inside of downtown Boston... A historic team, music venue, shops, eateries, all these different things. Parking? <laughs> parking is parking cheap, right? Exactly. All these different things make an ecosystem of money that, as the fan, like, look, I understand. You're like, well, it's all about the product on the team. Sure. This was 1974, and the games were like, you know, on W-E-E-I-A-M. No. No. Is that Kirk Gowdy here? This is business. With pleasure. All right, coming up, talk about the Bruins getting ready for their opener tomorrow night. We'll hear from some of the members of uh, management. Uh, Something pretty interesting about the goaltending situation already. And it's like, hey, didn't we go to the same school, bro? Doesn't that help a little? That's still to come. But right now it's time to trend with Justin. The
2: Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI.
4: Trending now on WEI and WEI.com, we start with the sad news coming out of Patriots Nation as the Patriots have waived little Jordan Humphrey. The Patriots are three-point underdogs heading into Cleveland against Jacoby Brissett and the Browns on Sunday, and according to NFL Network's Tom Palacero, they'll likely be without running back Damian Harris, as he is likely to miss multiple games because of the hamstring injury he suffered in Sunday's win over the Lions. And in other, uh, uh, in other NFL news, despite public outcry, the NFL will wait until after the season to discuss their roughing the passer penalties. The American National Division Series are underway. There's the Phillies took Game 1 from the Braves 7-6. The Astros watched it off against the Mariners on a three-run home run off the bat of Jordan Alvarez. And the Yankees defeated the Guardians 4-1. Last one going on right now, the Padres in LA taking on the Dodgers. They trail five to nothing in the bottom of the fourth. And the Bruins will touch on this next. We'll play their season opener tomorrow in DC against the Capitals. Puck drop set for seven in that one. I'm Justin Turpin. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Tune
0: in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to
1: secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet.
0: Music.
2: You set my world on fire. Yes,
0: and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
1: If your day sounds like. We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella if you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. over here. After investing billions to light up our network,
2: W-E-E-I Late Night on Boston Sports Original W-E-E-I We get a little glimpse
1: of the postgame celebrations that you guys have in the locker room. Uh, Patriots.com releases the videos. Couldn't help but notice uh, one of the first people who came up to embrace you was Robert Kraft. Uh, what has his support been like for you? How much interaction have you had with him? and What was the message that he gave to you in post-game yesterday?
2: Oh, it's been awesome to have his support and talk to him. Um, you know, kind of what we talked about after the game. He just told me congratulations on the win. Um, you know, I was poised. I was comfortable. He, he liked the way it, all that, and he liked the way we won. And, you know, just a little quick conversation and, you know, on about, you know, on to the, you know, Coach Belichick giving his remarks about the game, and that's really about it.
3: UNITY, <laughs> they're circling the around Bailey Zappi and the organization. KJ Late Night, WEEI thank you so much for hanging out Yeah, Bob Craft, ecstatic about the find in Bailey Zappi 617-779-7937 let's go to Steve in Somerville, thanks for hanging out this late and being here on Late Night with WEEI, go ahead man
2: Hey KJ, how you doing?
3: Excellent, thank you
2: Good, listen, uh, I'm an old timer, I go back to Jim Nance and the Patriots, okay so we'll start with that But we're talking, when they talk analytics, okay, and all this other stuff, I I go back to there's an emotion to football that's unlike any other sport. Yes. And when you bring out a player like Zappi and you see that team respond to him, it really brings me back to almost like Brady. When he started out, it wasn't quite that exciting, but the team bonded to him. And Mac Jones, as much as I love him, he has that Drew Bledsoe feel where it's kind of like, hey, you know, the game went well. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> There's a passion brought in with this Zappy. And even if Mac comes back, the team seems to be a different team. They have excitement. Uh, I mean, winning, of course, solves all the problems, but. It changes the whole dynamic. And unlike any other sport, football needs that emotion. The Red Sox this year was a perfect example. There's no emotion. There's no leader. There's no Kevin Millar doing shots before the game. Uh, You know, you need that. And as much as you take all the stats and all the analytics, you need emotion and people playing with that passion.
3: Steve, I appreciate the call, man. Yeah, Steve's absolutely right. If your heart isn't in it, you know, if there was an insight into it, and I'll get to the comparison with Brady, I don't think it's fair to anybody to do that. I'll get to one that I think applies. But if you remember after the Green Bay game, Matthew Judon said, hey, shouts out to Bailey Zappi, who played pretty much played his face off today. To me, that was a signal from the defense saying, hey, you're giving us a chance to not only be in games, but we can help you win games. It's just tougher to win games where you're doing everything you can, and suddenly these obvious mistakes are happening where you don't even seem to be fooled, but confused. There's a difference, right? It's like my kid watches a movie; like she gets startled, but she isn't scared. Well, you know, sometimes you're scared, and all they did was just startle you. It's like it wasn't like some monster jumped out. It was just you know the music just went boom. Mac Jones feels like it's like ah when the music goes boom. Billy Zappi just might jump, but he doesn't flinch. That's just what it looks like right now. Now, in terms of the Brady comparison to Bledsoe and how Bledsoe was the cool guy and just got his 100 mil at the time, and, you know, I think a better comparison would be uh, Don Magic Man uh, uh, Majowski for Green Bay and the second stringer guy named Brett Favre. For those who remember, that Magic Man ended up on Sports Illustrated. People were loving him in Green Bay. He was the next big thing. He fizzled out before it even got good. Like, he had one good season, then the next season got hurt. Does this sound familiar? And then when he came back, two games in, they get getting blown out by Testaverde, I think, in, in Tampa. <laughs> Put the favor kid in. How do you pronounce his name? I think it's sewn on wrong, Coach. Shouldn't it be F R A F A R V E. No, it's F A V R E. Here's his birth certificate. Yeah, where where is he born again? How how did it work out? Now, am I saying Bailey Zappi is the next Brett Favre? No. But I think his situation is more similar where you had mediocrity as your starting quarterback there, and it was very easy to be mediocre, mediocre and exciting and could get better. Bledsoe wasn't mediocre. Maybe attitude-wise, he wasn't all pro. I mean, he did end up, Parcells did take him to the Cowboys to try and make some things. Bill Parcells was not going to take some mediocre, quote, guy if he thought he was mediocre. So Bledsoe was an all-star. It's just that Brady, the, 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 the great thing about the Brady story, which makes it so unusual, is up until Brady, it was almost law that you couldn't lose your job to injury. And Brady was kind of the first person to kind of break that mold that, okay, why well, you don't lose your job immediately, but you get it back for a couple of days and then they decide we don't, you're gone. Like injury is what had Drew Blood so gone. One hit. So that's that's really the special thing about the Brady story is that look, he's one of the first people that you can think of that he became the quarterback. Because the order quarter, because the starting quarterback was out because of injury. <laughs> what do we have here? That might be the that might be good comparison. The only thing I would just say is that we're not talking about an all pro Drew Bledsoe level, you know, we're not talking about one of the top twelve quarterbacks in the league in Mac Jones. Where at the time with Drew Bledsoe, you would say, Yeah, he's one of the top twelve quarterbacks. Uh, let's go to Steve in the car. Thank you so much for calling KJ late night here on WEEI. Uh, thanks for rolling with me, man. I appreciate it. You're burning gas. Gas ain't cheap. So, Steve, thanks for the call. All right. So, I just want to say that I, I think that Zappy
2: is a nice kid, but he's short. He's slow. He hasn't shown a powerful arm. We couldn't pick up third downs. I think he's going to be a capable backup. And everybody's going way over hill on him because the defense – And we kicked five field goals, won that game. And I I think Mac Jones, whether he's as nice to listen to or as exciting to listen to, is definitely a much better quarterback and is
3: is probably the future quarterback for the club. And Zappi should be the backup going forward. That's that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, Steve, thanks for the call and drive safe. Yeah, last hour I said that iron sharpens iron, and my point being was that who's really ever pushed Mac for his job? You know, Cam Newton was the bridge to troubled water and I just thought that Cam Newton was really just going to be a bridge too short to get to Crimea. Four or five games, he'd be out of there. Mac Jones would have outworked him in practice and would have started getting reps with the first team squad. The reason why I said that Mac didn't really beat out Cam is because Cam was still getting first team reps all the way up until Cam decided that well, I'm going to go see my personal physician down south and I'll be back possibly in a week. I think they made it a simple decision because of just the way environments were at the time. I'm not even gonna get into it because people just can't I mean, some people just can't hold their conversation in water. But look, I, I think there is a bit of chickens coming home to roost about Mac Jones that you just look, we're talking mediocrity, and it hasn't improved. right now, right now, I would give it static that he's no better than he was last year. Is he any worse? Uh, we're starting to peek through a little, a little, with some of the decision-making. And I think that's where people are saying, like, look, if, you, if you're if you saying that, hey, if you can lay it on the defense to win these games and Bailey Zappi is not going to put you in mistake situations, and if it means putting points, if it means six field goals and no turnovers and no interceptions on, on the plus side of the field, or on the minus side of the field for that matter, then yeah. What, what, what would be the problem with that? I've said that despite the changes that the Patriots are going through, they're not going to be the number 2 defense in the league, but they'll be top 10. I bet you they will. Because if Belichick starts having a leaking oil defense with no Tom Brady on the offense, then there's a really big problem, right? Cuz when those games you remember back in 17 and 18, you know, some of those games and scores that the defense seemed like they couldn't stop anybody, but guess what? Uh they were winning the games. So, I'm not I'm not so pressed about, like, hey, well, he can't do these things because if it, if it takes the defense being in there and they've got to win these games 17, 15, 17, 14, stuff like that, then you know what? A W is a W. That's for sure. So, look, I think the best thing for Mac Jones is Bailey Zappy because now we could see Mac Jones being pushed. When Mac Jones comes back, does he get 100% of the reps? Does it, is it 80? Is it 75%? There's going to be a story in there. And if it's, let's say, if it's 80 and it drops down to 75%, is there something that the coaching staff is seeing? You Talk about this new system that's being implemented. Josh McDaniels was here last year. That's Max Sensei. Now it's Patricia and Judge, and now you're like, okay, well, maybe Bailey Zappi could be more more like water, fluid, because he, doesn't, he didn't know the, the McDaniels stuff. It just makes all for a very interesting story, in what was going to be a very non interesting season. Like, at least there's a storyline developing other than just seeing potential rigmarole of the team gets hot for like a series of. Because think about it going into the season, a lot of people thought that Cleveland would be, they, they would struggle to find a win for the first six weeks with everything going on. And now this is a team in a league where everybody's two and two or two and three or, you know, a few are three and one and only one is undefeated. You know, Cleveland is a team that are like, hey, if we keep the ship going this way, by the time Deshaun Watson comes back, the boos are going to be really loud because they're going to be playing for something. So this game this week against Cleveland, which I'll get I'll get into the X's and O's of it tomorrow, as we get closer to a plus tomorrow night, we'll also do some uh, looking at some of the lines as well for, uh, for, get, for betting this week. I hate using the word gambling, but for betting, right? Because you bet like, I say they're going to win. So I know you're ready for that, Justin, tomorrow. So for some parlays and some uh, I missed make it money. I missed it. Yeah. Um I didn't have a big parlay last week. I I think I went I was too excited at the that the Broncos would do something and they did something all right. Just just someone never shovelled it off of the field behind their horse.
4: I had a teaser and every leg hit except for the Lions plus 9.
3: Yeah, I thought the Lions would cover. I really I did. did. I thought I thought it would be a tighter game, but I get, I really think that that Jarrett Goff must, you know, anytime he sees Bill Belichick, he, you know, like he goes into convulsions.
4: And I just think like nine such a big number. I don't think you can leave nine on the board. Especially right, in like, a game that's like, you know, many people thought it was going to be a coin flip. It's going to be a close game. Now I string did, quarterback. Now the
3: funny thing is I did think that Pittsburgh would, wouldn't cover the 14, and I, I was dead right with that. Like they're horrible. Yeah, that so wasn't it, even close. Yeah, it wasn't even close. So yeah, tomorrow night we'll have the lines and spreads for you. Maybe you get on some of these early numbers. And then, like, get over to New Hampshire because, you know, Massachusetts is going to wait for you to do it for the Super Bowl. I think that's what it is. And Massachusetts is like, nah, we're not going to do it during the season. You know? Like, okay, so you got to, like, wait a whole other season for people of scratch-offs to stand in front of you while you're trying to pay for your gas at the package store. And grocery stores. I mean, at the uh, gas station convenience store. But look, I think when it comes down to Mac Jones, at the end of the day, he will be the starter again. I don't think this is a case where he absolutely loses his job. And I think the other things you have to take into account is how defenses make adjustments to what Bailey Zappi does well and tries to go after that. But to say that he's small in a league where you've had Drew Brees, um, he doesn't have the greatest of arm strength. You know, Drew Brees, you know, wasn't a, this guy didn't have a rocket. Just, you know, precision. And if the team gets behind you, you know, there are stories. I mean, Trent Dilfer stayed in the league with a weak arm and, you know, just he was just big and slow. But... He can show you that ring he has from Baltimore, and well, I don't think anyone says that Bailey Zappi is the future of the Patriots, and that he's going to replace Mac Jones in that regard. I think the better better angle would be that Mac Jones now really has to work for it because Brian Hoyer wasn't going to push you. He's not here to push you. I mean, you say to help you, sh- there should be part of you like, I don't want him teaching me nothing. <laughs> I'm the man, and that might that might just have to be the attitude that has to change for Mac Jones moving forward that he's being pushed, and that's not a bad thing. All right, Bruins open their season tomorrow against the Capitals, and you, you can see a lot of old men on the ice tomorrow. Like Those are like two of the oldest teams in the NHL. Um, but he, hearing from the leadership of the team, this is what they expect to hear from the team. Here it is.
4: I, I try to leave the, the style of play and the team <clears throat> performance up to management here. I I do feel we left some opportunity on the table last year in the playoffs. Uh, it stinks when you lose Game Seven by a goal. I'm, you may have watched a game and felt the outcome might have been differently, but it was uh, it was it was time for for us to turn the page. And I expect that, in speaking with 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 Monty and with others here, that we have a very competitive team. That I think, frankly, a lot of people. Maybe don't expect uh, that we have an offensive, a more offensive team than, than, uh, than perhaps in years past. And that's saying a lot considering we won 51 games last year. I think Pam should probably chime in on this one.
3: <clears throat> well, from my perspective, um, I want us to compete every night. That's first and foremost. <clears throat> I think, you know, from a skill, um, you know, throughout the lineup, I think, you know, we're, we're, especially in the forward group, I think we're pretty deep. Uh, But for me, it's really just competing every night. I I, I say this to our players all the time. Um, You may not play well every night, but you can sure as hell compete every night. So that's what I expect. And, you know, I think with the core group that we we have and had had for quite some time, the expectations. Okay, you can stop, Cam. We get it. Because here's what it really comes down to. Look, Jim Montgomery, here's the question Cam Neely might have put in front of you. At what point did you believe that you could do this as a professional and for a living. And the answer is probably from Jim Montgomery when I was playing at the University of Maine and the Bruins were making their run to try and defeat the Edmonton Oilers and kill that dynasty. It didn't happen. But the excitement, a lot of people remember. And let's just call it what it is. This is the Undertaker's last ride. use a wrestling phrase. You just hope that Paul Bearer and Undertaker don't show up in the middle of the season and just kill what is literally... Let's just call it what it is. We're about to head to transition starting next year with this team. The Bruins are the fifth oldest team, average age just under 29. The Penguins are the oldest at 30. 11 of the Beast players, 25 players are 29 or older. Four of them are older than 32. Look, here's the watermark. Let just keep it real simple here. Secure a wild card spot to give a proper send-off potentially to Crecy and to Bergeron. This probably is their last ride. I mean, well, Gracie probably got over here just in time. <laughs> Thank you for getting me over from this side because I couldn't. I couldn't get a burger over here. Okay, that's not right, but that's probably true. Swayman's a free agent. Oh, free agent. Listen to what Jim Montgomery said about if Swayman's the starting goaltender. Do you have a starter in net for uh, for opening tonight? No, I don't. Whoa! Wait! Wait! Come on, bro. We both went to U of M. Where's the love, alum? You know, didn't you have Professor Professor Botsnats as well? The point being is, there might be a rebuild coming. And Swayman hits the free agent market and shows some flash. He can get the money probably that the Bruins may not give him. Look, the Bruins are going to be in the fight for the final wild card spots. It's going to come down to the Capitals, the Islanders, the Penguins, and the Bruins. And the Capitals and the Penguins have the oldest rosters. They're, they have the old they have a, they both have older rosters than the Bruins. So does injury play a factor? It, look, tomorrow night's game is going to be a very telltale game at Washington. You know, are we is there still greatness in who I call the Manchurian candidate? I mean Ovechkin. <laughs> what do they call it? <laughs> in plain sight? No kidding. <laughs> I'm try not to get political on the show. But Ovechkin, look. The great ones, either they it, – it, some have the Yarmir Yager gene, but we've r- rarely seen that. Like, Yarmir Yager's 87, he's at the left wing. You know, Ovechkin, you see what he still has. Capitals seem to always get under the Bruin skin. So, literally, you'll be able to see kind of the old guys on the block, to use an opposite term of something famous. Go at it tomorrow night, and it'll let you know Who's ready right away and who's going to have to do some catching up? Because if it's catching up, someone has to do. It doesn't want to be the Bruins. The Bruins were 14-16-3 when the opponent scored first. But were 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one at home when that happened. 6-15-2 if they were losing after the first period. Don't know who your goalkeeper keep, is yet? Oh boy. 4-20-2 if they were losing after two. With an aging team, it's going to be imperative to get the first goal when last year, once that second goal was you were down, or you were down two goals, one goal, well, it doesn't matter if you were down. 4 20 and 2 if they were losing after two. But if the game was tied after two, 14 and 5. So this is a team that has to play almost perfect 40. To fifty-five minutes of hockey, right? That if 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 this game is if games are over in the first twenty-five minutes and the Bruins are down two, might as well go watch that Lifetime movie with the with the wife because it might be over. All right, we wrap up the show here, KJ Late Night here on WEEI. Next, thank you so much for hanging out. WEEI
2: Late Night on WEEI Boston Sports Original.
3: Yeah. Late night. WEEI. Huh. Jimman. I have a Hendrix shirt on right now. He's got a a big face. Ahead of his time. Thank you so much for spending the last hour and a half, two hours here. Remember, you can always listen on the Odyssey app. Type in WEEI. It plays back to you. Talked about Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, and how... Look, iron sharpens iron and it could help Mac Jones, but it also could help Belichick down the road if Mac Jones says, I want Derek Carr money. He'd be like, Really? I'll give you Carr's money, you can drive off 40 million because that's what I've said. Like it you know, until the appearance of Bailey Zappi and pushing Mac Jones. Mac Jones was, was kind of cruising to forty million a year, where the league is going to be by the time his deal is up. And he's up at the same time that Derek Carr is going to renew, and let's just put it this way. Derek Carr has been nothing special. And Mac Jones could potentially make the argument that's like, look, I've done more than Derek Carr. He's been to the playoffs once, so have I. $40 million. Billy Zappi may slow that down. Red Sox, uh, while many changers are coming, I don't think selling the team is one of them. There's just too much financial investment around the stadium that, one, if they sell it, it's going to be for such a gargantuan price. And two, just because they sell it doesn't mean – who buys it is suddenly going to listen to you. It's not like your neighbor. Like, hey, Bob, we've been living next to each other for 25 years. You got to do something about the pitching. And no, Bob doesn't live next door to you anymore. And uh, Bruins in action tomorrow night, kick off their season against the Capitals. Boy, there's going to be a lot of, <laughs> there's got to be, it might be a liniment smell coming from the ice with all those old guys out there. Um, So it's kind of funny what goes on in my house, you know, with, with football, because I have an 11 year old who's starting to come of age where. She's going from, like, Justin, my daughter used to lay. I watched the Celtics game. She's like, can I lay and watch the game with you? Lay on my chest. We watched the game. I'm like, this is great forever. She's going to be sports like her father. And now she's starting getting to, like, uh, football. Uh. I'm like, wait, what, what is happening to you? Now, I know what it is. It's called puberty. But I'm like, what is what's going on with you? Like, she took the baseball well, but now, like, with football's on, she's like, oh, are you watching football. Well, come to my TV. It's like, can you turn on kids, Bob? Like, like they test you at that age, right? Whether it's your own child or who you eventually marry or date, it's like, you know, like you see that the game is on. But eh, eh, for those who have daughters, you know, here's the thing, especially if they're getting of age because I have an adult daughter as well. Get them into these games, not so much to hate them, but to at least have some idea of them because I don't think any guy really wants to date somebody who just tries to be a Bigger expert at the sport than you are. Like sometimes I don't want to discuss the sport. Be like, oh, I mean, I'm just really thinking about I'm looking over the analytics. Like, put the analytics down and come kiss me. So, yeah, I don't want my kids to, I don't want my daughters to be so super football sports knowledge that they seem desperate. Like, oh my gosh, she must be doing this just to get a. No, no. But the good thing is the adult daughter who has a birthday coming in a couple days. Happy birthday, Yon. Um, ask my permission, Justin, if her boyfriend could come. That's really key because if they're a grown adult and still asking if their boyfriend can come to the dinner and you say yes, and I say, well, he's going to have to pay for himself. (laughs) But that means they still respect what you say. So my whole sports thing, teaching them like, hey, don't be too far in it, you know, be free to ask a question, will eventually lead to them asking, is it okay for me to bring my adult boyfriend, who you already know and like, to my dinner? Absolutely. You still respect me. So, Friday night, we have, like, pizza night at our
4: house. And have you have you seen the movie Encanto, Justin? You have, you have a little brother, right? I have. Yeah, I have two sets of twins in my family. I have a twin brother, and I got a younger set, too.
3: Okay, so you've been stuck with watching some of these Disney movies, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Have, have you seen Encanto? I haven't, no. I haven't. I saw it for the first time. It's famous because of the song, We Don't Talk About Bruno. You've heard about this song, right? I've heard about that song, yes. <sighs> well, I never heard it, okay? So, I watched the movie Encanto, and- I cried I I cried at the movie it's a very it's a very good can you play that we don't talk about Bruno you have that right there' right there we don't talk about yeah because it's if, if you've never heard this song they were having a discussion about it. I'm like well who is Bruno and then you hear the lyrics in the song it's about a wedding and I'm like is Bruno like an ex-boyfriend who got in the way is it is it one of those situations it's the dumbest song in the world. This is... No, no, no. It's like one of the no. biggest stream songs, and I don't get it. It was my wedding day. It was my
0: wedding day. Ready Yeah, kill it.
3: Yeah, that Miranda, Will Miranda, whatever the guy is from Sometimes Too Much is Too Much. That is a stupid song. But the movie's great. You know what's also great? Dahmer on Netflix. You've got to see that. So, unlike last year where I took... The biggest thing from Netflix and Squid Gamed and turned it into a kind of a betting thing. You'll never hear Dahmer the spread here on late night with KJ. You like that one, Dommer the spread?
4: Yeah, <laughs> that, that is good. <laughs> we could get us in some trouble though. <laughs> yeah, <it was. laughs> the bones. I'm sorry.
3: So look, tomorrow night we'll give you some NFL lines for this week's games plus parlay vu. Well, we'll start talking about what happened last night. What's going on with the uh, the Bruins game as they open the season? Talk about the Browns and how the prepare uh, the Patriots will prepare for them for this weekend. So, be back tomorrow night, two nights in a row, and Justin will be here as well. So, have a great night. Remember on Twitter at weei, I'm at KJ Carson, and on Instagram at KJ Carson IG. Have a wonderful Tuesday night. Talk to you tomorrow.